Hey friends, welcome back to Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. I'm your host, Julia. And on this week's episode, my friend Nikki and I are talking Malcolm Jamal Warner. Malcolm Jamal Warner first rose to fame as the lovable Theo Huxtable, the third child and only son of Dr. and Mrs. Huxtable. Since then, Warner has collected numerous screen credits, including the voice of the producer character on Magic School Bus. He is currently starring as Dr. AJ Austin, a cardiothoracic surgeon on the Fox series, The Resident. His role on The Resident is important representation on television, with NPR recently reporting that African-Americans make up 5% of doctors. What started out as a conversation to appreciate Malcolm Jamal Warner as an actor turned into a conversation about The Resident. The Resident airs on Fox and just ended its fourth season on May 4th. All seasons are now available on Hulu. Are you on Instagram? Are you following us on Instagram? Find us at Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous. That's where we have all of our conversations post show drop. And we want you to be a part of it. We want to know what do you think of the show? What do you think of this week's episode? Did you agree? Did you disagree? We won't know any of those things until you go over to Instagram, give us that follow and start having a conversation with us. We can't wait to talk to you there. Find us on Instagram at pop culture makes me jealous. Looking forward to talking with you. And now without further ado, here we go to the show. Nikki, welcome to the show. I I say that I'm excited for every guest, but like when you've known somebody, as long as we've known each other, the excitement is a little bit more. (laughs) Talk about it. Absolutely. Oh man. So originally we were going to talk about, you know, some badass female voices, but then in the spirit of our memes conversation via Instagram DMs, um, we, we started talking about Malcolm Jamal Warner and then, and then about four days ago, I realized this should be the episode because our IG DMs is like tons of content already. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, when you mentioned that, I was just like, oh, oh, she's right. And I was in that moment, I was like, Oh, we really could just talk about it for a whole block. <laughs> At first I was like, oh, we can't. Oh, mm, yes, we could. Mm. So just a real quick of his, what I considered his notable performances, because this is where he came up in my radar. And then this is when I realized that my TV watching life is very predominantly white, which is really upsetting in some respects. So, you know, the Huxwolves, obviously he shows up as Theo. So that was my first exposure. And then later when he was on Malcolm and Eddie, so he Mm -hmm. did that for a handful of years, which I wasn't super into, but I watched if it was on TV, like I didn't change the channel. About that same way. Yeah, yeah, which is probably why it only lasted four seasons. And then he shows up on Community as Yvette Brown, jo- Yvette Brown Jones. Is that her full name? I forget what her. Anyway, she's beautiful. She's amazing. 
shows up as her ex-husband Andre on a couple episodes so they talk about Andre for all these episodes and then suddenly we see Andre and it's Malcolm Jamal Warner and I'm just like hello hi handsome (laughs) like do you want to be my baby daddy too and then and then fast forward a handful of years and I'm getting into the show called um girlfriend's guide to divorce which is okay it was bravo's first original scripted series which tells you a lot if it's on bravo and he shows up again as an ex-husband to what is her name and now it's escaping me I listed everybody yes retta thank you retta yeah retta so he shows up as Retta's ex-husband and they have yeah. like nice moments where you're just like, oh, welcome to Mall Warner. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. And then, and then you constantly getting on me about watching um, The Resident because I didn't know mm-hmm. that he was on The Resident. I realized after the fact when I was watching some of the episodes, I was like, oh, I've seen a couple of episodes of this show. I never made it into any of the episodes that he was in. Because he's not a part of the original cast. No, he shows up at like the end of season one, which makes sense on why I didn't see him because after yeah. like two episodes, I was like, um, I don't really know if I'm into this show. Matt yeah. Zucri, who is Logan on Gilmore Girls, which you know I'm not team Logan, but I do yeah. think he's beautiful, <laughs> is on that show, which was kind of the appeal for me. It was like, oh, I love, I love to look at him. He's beautiful, but it just wasn't really doing it for me. And then when you and I were talking last week and you're like, you have to watch this show. Yes, peer pressure, peer pressure. I haven't stopped since you like yelled at me. Yes, yes, yes. I know it. That's what I'm talking about. But then, then you want to know what else is going on in his storyline. Yes. So AJ Austin is his character, and he walks yeah. in as this, as he says multiple times, triple board certified surgeon. Sorry, can you say that on repeat? Because that's actually kind of sexy as hell. <laughs> Just that sentence alone, please. Yes, yes, tell me more. Mm. And so when he first walks on and we first meet him, I was like, Malcolm Jamal, like Nikki's not wrong. Like Nikki's not wrong about you. Mm, Look at this fine ass doctor up in here. Yes, yes. What he, I, okay, let me just take a step. I'm already fangirling. Um, Not to self, chill. When he came on, he just like took over the entire scene. Yes. And I said, oh, oh, that, oh, this is what we're doing. This is new. And like you said, I, I can't stop watching. My eyes are glued um, to this big hunk of delicious chocolateness that just walked into the room and pretty much embodies like ev- almost every characteristic in a man that I find attractive. And I said, oh, this is going to be problematic. I can't wait to keep watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like super sexy on the show you know he's on Malcolm and Eddie and he's just this gay and then Huxtables he's you know a teenage kid and when he gets into college that's when he kind of gets a little sexy but like he's like he he has like hit the levels of grown man sexy that every man strives for yeah his style the way he wears his hat like sometimes when guys wear hats like that you're just like okay douche yeah. But the way yeah. he, it's like on it. Oh man. His stature, just, just his stature, just the stature alone. I said, oh my God. The oh. way he wears his scarves. They're just like yes. draped beautifully. 
draped with all the manliness and testosterone. Don't you ever question anything. I am a man, but yes, I'm wearing a scarf and don't ask me about it. First of all, let's talk about why we love Malcolm Jamal Warner. And I'm going to let you go first. Okay, let's see. Um, in, In true Nikki fashion, I think in bullet points. So bullet point number one, swag levels on a thousand. Yes. He has, he's arrogant, but he has the reason to back it up. His arrogance right? is totally warranted. It's justified. Absolutely justified. Um, bullet number two, which is pretty much like a sub point of the first one. He has a soft side mm. that you eventually see with his character, but it is covered in arrogance first because you're never going to question what he knows or how he knows. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's doing and there's never a question about it. Then underneath that, you actually realize that he does have a softer side. That one-two combo, character on TV or in real life, it gets me 100% of the time. I can't help myself. It's just what it is. It's like, I like him pretty and stupid, so. (laughs) I did, I said. We all have our type. (laughs) You said it out loud. Yes, I love it. Listen, this is what it means to be your true self, okay? Because you can't be your true self with your friend, then who the hell can you be? Um, I like I like men who are slightly arrogant. Yeah. I, I want you to come in with all of the arrogance, but again, it has to always be justified. Yeah, and with his character on The Resident, the thing is, is if he doesn't present with that level of confidence, is he even going to be taken seriously? Because he is a Black Boom. man in medicine. Boom. Talk about it, yes. He's a Black man in medicine at the top of his game. Triple board certified else's game mm-hmm. right so you are absolutely right my thing like you're saying is would he have even gotten to that level if he hadn't consistently portrayed the man of arrogance mm-hmm. of 1000 percent confidence and making sure he could back it up because yep. you know we can talk we can say things all day right mm-hmm. talk the talk walk the walk he is making sure that his walk is speaking for itself yes and every time as a black man in the world, as a black man in medicine, mm-hmm. and specifically, what is it? Uh, oh shoot, I always forget the real word. Cardio something. Thoracic. Is it yeah, what he did? Cardio thoracic. Yeah. Something or that. other. Absolutely. Well, something. Yes. Something regarding the heart. <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yeah, the heart. Uh, have you gotten to his nickname yet in the show? The Raptor. I said, you know what? I'm not even mad. I'm I'm not no mad about it. Down. I will take 100%. They, Go ahead. They say it. They call him that with such affection, which mm-hmm. I love. First of all, the resident, thank you for putting that many people of color in positions of medical power. The diversity that they have made on purpose yes. for this show alone makes me want to continue to watch and support. Yes. But then you have this... Um, chocolate god that walks in the room and just owns everything Triple I board just certified. turn it off anyway so you know um but yes no they they specifically made sure that diversity was going to be real and represented and, I and they do that. a good job at bringing issues too like like so mina mm-hmm. yes yes i love anyway. mina and mm-hmm. i feel like i knew that she like had the hots for him like the minute she saw him 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that they wanted you to know. I think right. that they wanted it to be like a simmering sort of sizzling sort of will they, won't they situation, but they didn't like portray right. that like that in the beginning. Yeah. But the way he recognized that she is a badass doctor herself and then elevated her to be on his team. So that way she'd always have opportunity. But then when you get into season, like later, a little bit of later, because I think they're in season four. So I'm on season three right now. They do sort of have a little bit of a conflict because she's like, he's like, she's mine. She is mine. And he, mm-hmm. and she's like, first of all, I don't belong to no one. Let him know. Don't, Let him know. Don't, don't, ever, don't ever question it. Don't ever don't question, ever question it. it. But then like, they can't do anything because he's her mentor. Yeah. Which is really yeah. hard because they work so well together. Not like just professionally. He sees into her soul in a way that you're just like, where's that man for... Where, Listen, y'all, can I get a man like that? Like, I, I feel like, I feel like you and I both do this. We both have these very like rough exteriors in the sense of like, people are like, I, I don't know if she liked me. I'm a little nervous. And then like, here comes the Raptor and he's like, she badass. She got this. Like, we're good. And he's just like here for it. I'm like, yeah. can we clone you? Because yeah. we got, we got some girls up in here. We got some women up in here who need that kind of attention and recognition, please. So, um, I consider myself an alpha female. Yeah, I agree. Just I'm, I'm here. This is what you're going to get. And if you'd like, I can give you a laundry list of what you're not going to get. Um, (laughs) I, I'm just going to keep 100 with you. I'm not going to lie about nothing. This is what it is. You know, always a hustler, always, you know, just basically trying to work on myself. But I also know that I, I tend to dominate situations Mm -hmm. and using that to the sometimes to the best of my ability but also learning like when to turn that off Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying I think those moments are also important but I know that because I was talking about the arrogance and the softer side in um, a partner for me I look for that because as an alpha female you tend to be a little bit arrogant Mm -hmm. you know exactly who you are you know exactly what you want yada da 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 I am also looking for that in a partner yes they also come with that alphaness. They know who they are. They know who they're not, not saying they're not striving to be better or anything mm-hmm. to that extent. Um, but they know exactly who they are. And for me, if I have the right kind of alpha, I won't always be so much of an alpha. Yes. Yes. Willingly. willingly. And I've, I've watched myself in those moments where I'm just like, oh, okay. Because you fit well with, you'll fit well enough that the certain things sort of even out, right? Like I was talking Mm -hmm. earlier today with somebody about how when somebody, I don't want to say underperforms, but when you have somebody who isn't meeting a certain expectation, then I go Mm -hmm. into overdrive in that expectation. So even Mm -hmm. though it's not an area that I necessarily want to excel in or want to be a part of, if there's a need and it's not getting met and I have the skill set to meet it, I'm going to elevate and then run the risk of being called domineering, being called aggressive, being called all of these things. But it's like, well, no one else was going to fucking do it. So like, yeah, I don't want to be that person, but you just kind of forced me to be in that position. Yeah. If you're not going to, then I feel like I have to. Yeah. And so, so you, you're kind of like Mina because in the sense, like she is like that too. And then the Raptor kind of helps balance her in that way. And like forces her to Mm -hmm. like recognize that she has a lot of potential, 
but also mm-hmm. needs to accept the help and trust the team that she's a part of. You really see that in the episode where the, the, there's an episode where these two children bring in their dad. Who's like frozen. Did you see that episode? It's in season. It's been a minute. Keep talking about it. I'll it's in like season two. I think the dad's frozen. These little girls bring their dad in and they're trying to like warm up the body or whatever. And the Raptor isn't there. His car is snowed in. Cause there's this huge blizzard happening. Yes. And he was working so hard to get there. He yes. was working so hard to get there. And then he, she kept calling him like, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. So now she's like, she's reliant on him, but he's like, girl, you got this. Exactly. Like, why are you questioning your skills and talent right now? Like you've done this a million times. You've got this. Yes. And then she crushes it. Yes. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. We um, all need a man to stand in our corner like that. Be a cheerleader and be like, no, you got this. Yeah. And for, for two alpha personalities to be able on both sides of that. Right. So for Mina, she's an alpha female, mm-hmm. but for her to still say, I need you. Right. Like that's huge. That's huge and way outside of her comfort zone in mm-hmm. any shape of imagination because she's always been solo dolo mm-hmm. and relying upon herself and no one else so for her as an alpha who's still being alpha to feel comfortable enough to someone to allow herself to rely on them and for her to communicate that is super huge and for him being the alpha that he is to say you don't need me mm-hmm. you've got this mm-hmm. it was just it it was a moment on levels. It was yes. just a moment on levels. On and it's levels. such a great representation too, because I think strong women get a bad rap and mm. rep- bad representation sometimes in TV and movies because yeah. there's this whole, like, there's this negative arrogance about them where they're like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then they fail in something. And so it reinforces that they need to ask for help. But in this situation, she's like, she knows she can do it, but she's re- she feels reliant on him and she asks for help and he says, you don't need help. So it's the flip of that. Right. So it's instead yeah. of it being like, I got this, I'm, I can do it. It's I, mm, this is, this is big. This is a big deal because these daughters are, will be child like parentless if I don't do this. And he's like, girl, you got this. And mm-hmm. then she crushes it. So you have the strong, independent, very, very, um, alpha female, character demonstrating vulnerability in a way where it's positively reinforced beautiful a whole dissertation could be written on that yes especially I mean in real life but also just in Hollywood there could be Mm -hmm. a whole paper on that absolutely absolutely kudos to the resident for um having such incredible writers yeah to bring that to the screen yeah they're really not afraid to talk about issues that happen in the medical field that are very like racial discrepancies economic discrepancies yes um I won't say too much because I know you're on season three but they dive deeper into that um especially being black in the field of medicine Mm -hmm. it gets deeper 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 into that and so I look forward to you watching it and anyone else listening, I look forward to you watching and learning as well. Yeah. But like you said, they're, they're very open and they pretty much lay it all, all on the table. Yeah. They're very real about what the world of medicine looks like from a TV perspective, from a yeah. TV lens, of course, yeah. but they talk about it and they're not afraid to not talk about it. Which I really, 
show full characters. I really appreciate that. So I did watch the first episode just to like refresh myself. And so Devin Pravesh, he walks in and I was like, who is this hottie? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I said, oh, oh, we've got several on the staff. I said, like, oh, okay. Hi, I'm yes. Julia. Yes. You're pretty. <laughs> Yes, he is, he, he is cool and he's fun and he's also like a little bit shy and a little bit nerdy mm-hmm. in a way that mm-hmm. I just completely respect and also think is 100% attractive. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I mean, his, we won't have to talk about his facial features. He just looks cute, but um, his character then, as well. And then when he out. does this, like, thing where he like looks up at people when he's like on someone like checking their heart or whatever with the stethoscope and he just like looks when they say something that he thinks is like maybe not the best yeah and he just like I'm just like can you do that again (laughs) she's like oh rewind five seconds please yes right here like hey you're cute (laughs) oh yes Mm, Pravesh his character uh they really dig into his storyline later on too oh that's exciting because I know in the first season they really got into like he's getting married to this woman named Priya and all these things and then Jenna Dewan shows up and that shit gets messed up (laughs) (laughs) real quick (laughs) yeah um but then it does kind of dial back um a little bit but the other thing that I love (laughs) this is supposed to be a Malcolm Jamal Warner appreciation (laughs) episode and now we're talking about the resident yeah it's okay but the other thing that I really appreciate about the resident too is that there's like all ages are represented right so like the CEO guy is like older but like you still sort of see him trying to navigate love and he's dating age-appropriate women Talk about that yeah so yeah. I'm like thank yeah. you for having you know the 40 plus crowd I'm not 40 yet but thank you for having women with some experience under their belts on the show, having love scenes and having romances. Like, thank you. We need to see that. Love doesn't die at 35. No, the only other show that I feel like does that well is uh, the one with Jane Fonda. Oh yeah, Grace and Frankie. Yes, yes. On Netflix. Yeah, they do that where, you know, it's just two ladies and they're older and they're still out there enjoying love, seeking love and experiencing it. And I'm like, yes. Because just because I get older, it does not mean I'm not going to want um, love, sex, and romance. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to want that at any age until I'm no longer here on this earth. So Amen. Sorry, you know? mom, but amen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jules, mom. Sorry. <laughs> she listens. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but oh, you're not wrong. But, Go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking in... I have something to send you and we'll see how long this takes. I forgot to send this to you earlier. Oh my so, God. Is it another Malcolm Jamal Warner post? <laughs> it is, except it's more like a screenshot. And um, all I can say is um, I love side meat. And <laughs> is- so, um, I was re-watching Malcolm's interview that he did two years ago with Wendy Williams. Oh, uh-huh. And I, I go back and forth when, when it comes to Wendy, um, yeah, I she's her some ways and that could be when it gets on my nerves. Yeah. Um, but she had Malcolm on there, on there, and I was listening, and she played this clip of him dancing with his daughter. Oh. 
and it's super cute and super innocent except she's wearing really really short shorts but I think in all of because this is what I was um thinking about during the interview with Wendy is of all like we're talking about earlier of all of the years that I've seen Malcolm which of course started with the Huxtables yeah looks for people, they always change, you know what I mean? It's an ever going thing. People have different looks for different times, whatever the case is, right? I don't think I've ever really liked his look until I saw him on The Resident. See, and that's so interesting to me because I just, I loved him as the skinny Theo, the little skinny kid oh, Theo. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when I was, when, you know, he gets into college and you're like, yeah, you're a man, that's pretty good too. Hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty good. So I don't, I'm not mad at that at all. But so what do you think it is about his um, appearance on The Resident that sort of clicked it into like, oh, okay, hi. Um, the the word is thick with two C's. Um, yep. <laughs> he, like you said, he was, you know, skinny Theo, right? He was such a skinny little, re- I mean, he was four, 13 or 14 years old when he started right, that show. Right. So obviously he hasn't like, he's still a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one's, yeah. No one's talking about that for sure. But I, the um, type of men that I find attractive are never skinny men. Mm. So if they're, and I mean, you know, men come in all shapes and sizes and I yeah, respect they do. it. Just mm-hmm. for physical attraction. Ooh, shout out to that moment. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> but for my physical attraction, for initial attraction, it's never been slender men. Okay. I've always uh, liked men who've had a little more meat on their bones, mm. a little bit more strength, given strength. And um, Malcolm never had that when he played Skinny Eddie. So for me, he was always super cool. Just like- yeah. Like a brother um, type. People, I never really found that like attractive. People were cool, but that was never, like there was never physical attraction there. Right. So in all- all of the different, you know, moments he's had on TV, he's always just kind of been meh. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden here he comes with broad shoulders, mm-hmm. thick as he want to be, mm-hmm. filled in his face, just like a grown man. And then he oh, has the, the beard. The beard is and sexy. The natural hair that just is, and the, the lines. The yeah, face, he's got a good face. Right. Whoever does his hair is not getting paid. Like, pay that person a lot because his a hair looks good. Extra tips. That man's hair net. That the lines are always yeah. they're always clean, even cut, crisp. Never an issue. Natural hair is on point. Not quite the fade, but it's like the latest version right. of a high top. But it's not right. Right. The beard game is strong. Not everyone could do a beard. I need I need people to hear me. So I'm gonna. <clears throat> I'm just gonna clear my throat. I would like to make a public service announcement. A beard is not for everyone. Just louder for the people in the back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A beard is not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's like Matt Matt Zucri who plays Dr. Conrad Hawkins. But for those of us who've been around for a while, we know him as Logan Huntsberger. He's had the same <laughs> hairstyle his entire career because he knows what yeah. works for him. You know, right. it's not like, and because I'm going to tie everything back to Gilmore Girls, because apparently that's my life. It, not everyone's <laughs> a Jess Mariano or a Milo Ventimiglia who can pull off different hairstyles. You know what I want to see? <laughs> I would love it if Malcolm Jamal Warner and Milo Ventimiglia did like a buddy cop show. I think that would be hilarious. You know what? Um, I'm not mad at that. Here's here's what I need out of it. 
Um, I realized that I, was, I like both of the characters when they mm-hmm. play more serious roles. Yeah. So like I, when he's Jack Pearson on This Is Us and you're just like, why are you the best husband and dad in the world? Yes, you're dealing with alcoholism and that's really sad and we're rooting for you. But also, oh my God, I want a husband like Jack. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I've realized that the other thing with Malcolm is that over the years, he's played a lot of roles that have been more comedic. Yeah. More nice guy. Yeah. Um, more you know, friendly next door neighbor kind of guy. Turns out that's not the Malcolm I need. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because of his start, you know, with being Theo on the Huxtables, he's this lovable kid who does dumb shit as teenagers do. And then he grows up to be this lovable guy who just wants to help kids that have less opportunity to have opportunity. And you're just like, you're such a do-gooder. I love it. But then he shows up as Dr. AJ Austin and he's got a commanding presence. Yes. He's a man who knows exactly what he wants and he will, he will let you in when he needs to. And there's something about it where you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I will just follow that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But I think, I think that's what it is with both Milo and Malcolm. Shout out to the M's. The serious roles is where they seem to do their best or the Mm -hmm. most impact for me when they're more light and comedic. It's just like, okay, you know, they're doing their thing and I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't, it doesn't impact me. And so for Malcolm in this serious role, it's, it's more impactful. He's able to really push this character out. And because I'm a fan of Malcolm, I've listened to a few of his interviews and um, there's this one, this hour-long one he did with uh, Sway, shout out to Sway Universe, but he did this great interview with him, and he was even talking about things like when he was doing Malcolm and Eddie, he and Eddie didn't get along. Oh, I didn't realize that. That was a thing, because Sway was like, yo, that show was my jam, you know, I loved it. And they had great chemistry on screen, too. Exactly, and Malcolm was like, yeah, the real deal is we weren't close. Mm. at all he thought but we got to a point where we had mutual um, respect for each other and would come together at the beginning of every show and be like all right we're going to do this mm-hmm. and toss on the professionals and just handle business but I think this also speaks to Malcolm's character as a human and also going back to clearly the traits that I love in men uh, sidebar but Malcolm grew up as a Huxtable he grew up under the shadow of Mr. Cosby. And so with that became certain expectations, right? Right. You're supposed to be clean cut. You're supposed to be um, helping your fellow neighbor. You're supposed to be a good representation of, of a black person in America for mm-hmm. other black people in America. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you start on a show like the Cosby show, where the, there are these high level of expectations where the level of jokes are at a particular degree, mm-hmm. right. And then you move forward and now all of that is done. That's how you grow up. That is what you know. That's what mm-hmm. you've been doing daily for, you know, at least a decade of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And now you move on to other jobs and you realize it's not like that ever. Right. You realize how unique that situation was yeah. because I was hearing him speak. He said, I didn't like the jokes. He said, I didn't like the caliber of jokes. I thought they were low ball jokes. On Malcolm and Eddie? On Malcolm and Eddie. He's yeah. like, he said, I hate to 
go in back into the Cosby time. He's like, because I'm trying to show people that I'm more than just that character. Right. He's like, but in reality, he said, I grew up with that understanding and with that foundation. And he said, so doing Malcolm and Eddie, he said it was really hard for me because I was trying to have the show be at a particular level of caliber that I'm accustomed to as mm -hmm. an actor. Mm -hmm. as he said, but what they wanted wasn't that he said and even yeah. though it was working he said it just wasn't working for me yeah that's a really good point he's making though because my son and i talk about this all the time you know what's timeless versus what's timely for now and what's timely yeah. for now is what fades away there's a reason why i love lucy mary tyler moore dick van dyke mm -hmm. show um the brady bunch have all sort of survived generations and there are tv enthusiasts who still know those shows there's a right. reason why fresh prince is still really prevalent and isn't just black famous but also white famous there's a reason yeah. why the the huxtables have lasted through all the shit that the patriarch has put them through yeah the reason is is because they have this level of universal themes there's universal comedy that is that higher standard that higher expectation and mm -hmm. then the shows that we forget about that we loved at the time kind of hit you know only current topics or don't know how to address current topics in a timeless way one of the biggest episodes that i remember the most from from the huxtables that malcolm jamal warner was in was the episode where somebody stashes a joint in his history book or his geography book yeah. and his parents find it even though on state levels, marijuana is legal. It's not legal for everybody. It's not legal on a federal level. And mm -hmm. you know, that, that narrative of a high school kid bringing home a joint to a certain type of parent, not that the Huxtables were bad parents or conservative parents, but they had expectations for their children and their right. child just brought home a joint. Like that still is a, is a storyline that works now 37 years later. Yeah. And, and that's the difference I think with when you do start on something that has that expectation in there. And that's the benefit of having worked with somebody who's been in the business for 25 years prior to the children showing up, being on the show with him. Malcolm now in his character with the resident, here we go. Let's see if I can flip it. He doesn't, it's, I feel like not until he develops a relationship with Mina mm. on a more personal level, does he get to show that side of it? Yeah. Right? He doesn't get to say or show the side of I want to be heard or I want to be validated. He, as a black man in America, just feels like he has to forget all of that and push all of that to the side to show that he can be who he is mm -hmm. in the surgical room. Yeah. Right. Because they always tell you, um, you know, as a black kid, you always have to be three times as better mm -hmm. than the white kids in the room because that's the only time you're going to be seen. Right. Right. The only time they might think of you as at least maybe 50% of right. the equal of the white man in the room right. versus the typical 15%, that is the default, right? Right. So um, I like that with the character development with him on the show, he starts out as every other Black man that you would see who is strong and in their game. Mm -hmm. right? I have to be arrogant. You have to see my work and know my work is real and I have to be arrogant in order for you to actually hear me and understand that I know that I can do what I need to do right right and then and he's the best in the business time the and best, time again he proves that he's the best and then event not eventually 
you know, shortly thereafter his character arrives, people start acknowledging, like, yes. we're going to call Dr. Austin. He's literally, you're literally in the best hands. Yes. And that's yes. so like, that feels great to hear because you're, you're, you're valid. You've basically said like, I mean, he shouldn't have, have, you shouldn't have to prove yourself when you're good at something like right. you, your work should right. speak for itself, but because he proved himself and his work speaks for himself, like then his, he's respected by his colleagues. Absolutely. And even if he had a moment of self-doubt, you'll never know. Right. You'll never know. He'll never show it because as a black person in America, you don't have time for self-doubt. Right. You know, you, un- have to, you go and just- you have to do which is so unfortunate because that self-doubt can really eat you alive if you don't have somebody to talk to about it. Very true. It's that like tiny voice in the back of your head that suddenly becomes loud enough to give you a headache yeah. if you don't manage it properly. And it right. like you said, really take over and change everything that's going on in your world. To your point about his relationship with Mina, I do love how like they kind of both force each other to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just really want them to get together so bad. <laughs> the will they won't they game is just like, ah! yeah. <laughs> like and, she's so beautiful. Like it's stupid how pretty she is. She is also someone who walks in the room and just takes, takes over. Here's what I love about the actress that plays her. Seanette Renee Wilson. Yeah. I love that they cast a tall woman. Mm-hmm. To be a doctor in this role. In what I can recall from all of the entertainment I've consumed in the last 37 years, there is very specific type of black women that get cast. Not that they're bad, not that there's anything wrong with it, not that I'm criticizing it, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a safe look. There's a safe look that gets, has been getting cast for decades and then more recently we're starting to see more diversity within what black people look like being cast in roles so to see this beautiful tall woman who Mm. is a badass doctor and she she's nigerian right like they're Mm -hmm. her characters from nigeria and just being all of who she is i was just like listen the resident i would i walked into this ready to not like you (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 Absolutely. I was like, oh, is this going to be like a kind of another Grey's Anatomy? Like, what's the deal with this? Um, Okay, something that I wanted to bring up today regarding Malcolm is that he is very much into spoken word. Mm. And I found that, I found this out like way late in the game. Um, He also is a musician and he plays the electric bass and the guitar. What? And then now he plays the upright bass. Oh, that's sexy. And I said, holy crap. And then um, uh, I was looking up, looking him up on YouTube because I heard something that reminded me that he did a song with Robert Glasper. Really? So I guess technically he got a Grammy because he did spoken word on a song with uh, one of Robert Glasper's songs with someone, I forget, there was a lady singing on it um Leela Hathaway, maybe I forget but yeah he was doing spoken word and he got a Grammy for that so technically um Grammy winner Malcolm Jamal Warner Grammy winner so good for him sexy good for him that's like the upright bass could you play yeah. like that's a sexy instrument it's like oh good for you good for you that is a sexy ass instrument from one player to another I respect your game 
He was nominated for an Emmy in 1986 for his portrayal of Theo. Man, I support that because he did such a great job of being like, you know, this kid who just, one, it's got to be hard to have four sisters. That's going to be real hard. (laughs) Yes, there was definitely a lot of female dominance in that house. Yes. And then two, like, I think that we oftentimes overlook just how hard it is for kids who have very successful parents, but Mm. then they themselves have hurdles and struggles because there's this expectation, well, I'm successful, so you should be successful. And so with Theo, you know, he struggles through school and his parents just don't get it. And then he gets into college and it turns out he has dyslexia and they're like, help us understand that it was very timely because we were just starting conversations about dyslexia at the time, but it's still universal because people still don't, we don't fully still understand dyslexia and just how much it can really get in the way of people being successful without the right interventions. But I think that he did a really good job of like, like when he was vulnerable, he was vulnerable. Yeah. I don't know if he understands it, but he really set a standard for a lot of actors after him. Yeah especially childhood actors, but actors in general, he, that show has set a standard of precedence, but he as an individual has done the same. Yeah. When you start that high up, you know, and that show ends, I'm sure it's difficult to, to, to stay that high up on top Mm -hmm. of the mountain like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he has done well. And I feel like I can see so much of a Theo in my brother. The Huxtables debuted the year we were born. <laughs> Sorry. So you know, we grew like as a family, we sat around watching it. And my right. so my brother was seven at the time. So he's watching this big brother, who's also a little brother, but still he's watching this kid be yeah. a brother. And so I feel like a lot of the positive qualities of my brother resemble Theo. And I wonder how much of that was influenced because we did do the weekly family sit down, watch the Cosby show. And I, and I appreciate that because it's not always a great relationship because siblings don't always have a great relationship, but at the end of the day, he still is ride or die for his sisters. Absolutely. Even though he makes fun of them, what they're wearing, you know, what their makeup looks like, what they did with their hair, how they find is cute, how they're doing in school. He clowns them on everything, but like you said, at the end of the day, hey, that's my sister. And when people were calling, um, which sister was it? There's four. (laughs) I know. One of the sisters, I I can't remember, but there was one of them. One of the girls went on a date with someone. Oh, Vanessa. When Vanessa went on the date with one of his friends. Yeah. And the guy was in the locker room just saying, you know, how he and Vanessa. Locker room talk. Yeah. yeah, and he feels like, oh, that's my sister, fool. Like, back up. So I, I appreciate that because at the end of the day, like you said, it is family. I feel like the Cosby Show did a really good job with a lot of different things. We understand that Cosby individually is problematic. Yes, but the show itself brought forth a true vision mm-hmm. that wasn't portrayed. Yeah, and that um people were trying to aspire to portray mm-hmm. but it hadn't gotten there yet mm-hmm. um, people weren't willing to see black families like that right and because Cosby wasn't he wasn't new to Hollywood mm-hmm. at that time of the show he wasn't you know just trying to get into Hollywood by creating this show he already had pull 
right? right? He was already a legend in his own right. So he was able to make this picture come to life mm-hmm. in a way that at the time, no one else would. Right. There were other Black shows that were on, but nothing like that. And because of the Cosby show, we got things like um, Family Matters. Oh, I love Family Matters you know I mean? we so got much. Because of the Cosby show. I wanted to be a mom like Claire Huxtable. I really and truly did. Like did when, right? So like, yeah. you know, she was already a professional by the time she started having children. Her career was already established. So mm-hmm. I was thinking about this more recently because I'm kind of getting back into like more of an ed- an edgy look, like, you know, how you remember me from high school. Um, <laughs> but I remember having a conversation with my son's dad, just like, I think I'm going to change my look and be like more preppy because in my mind, you know, Claire Huxtable is like, she's beautiful. She's polished. Even in her Saturday jeans and a, and a sweatshirt, she's like stunningly beautiful. So for me, that was like, the epitome of the appearance for being a mom, like mm-hmm. this idea of like sticking with my punk rock girl ways and look was a no go. I had to look like Claire. I need to look like Claire. And that served me well for a handful of years until about 2016 when I got off the rat race. <laughs> I wonder how hard it is. And you kind of touched on that too already with um, MJW, but how hard it is to go from being in a very like well-oiled TV Mm. producing machine and then walking into that expectation every time. I wonder if he brings that level of expectation with him when he goes into the resident. I'm new to the show, so I don't know all of their off-screen relationships, but from watching the show, it feels like they might all be friends because of how well they act together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have no idea about their off-screen chemistry either, to be honest, but that is definitely the vibe that I'm getting. In my head, they all hang out together. Yeah. (laughs) Outside of work or grab a beer on the weekends kind of a thing. Um, But their, their portrayal as their characters and their chemistry in the show is just, is fantastic. And I think um, Malcolm himself has found a new comfort of home mm-hmm. on TV. I think he's always loved to act. Yeah. I don't think until this resident role has he found one, a sustaining role, if I'm going right. to be honest, two, a role he can be proud of. Yeah. And three, a role that just brings everything forward that yeah. he has probably been looking forward to having right. since. Right. Because it does feel like for, you know, and I've told, I texted you this multiple times. This is like a fantasy medical trauma. Some of the shit that happens, you're just like, "Mm, it's not real life, but it, in terms of like them getting from start to finish, it, it feels well done. I mean, some people probably really enjoy it. I am not one of those people, but I could probably live without all of the surgery scenes being so in depth. Yeah, I want it in there. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to see them like slice people up. I want people to see uh, get scenes stapled together. Um, I won't give too much away, but there's a moment where someone, a doctor, um, is injured on their arm, and they are turning around to help someone else, and someone says, "Hey, you're bleeding." And the person says, oh, okay. And they turn around and see themselves like eight or nine times. No big deal. And then turn around and go back to helping. And then obviously a crisis moment, right? Yeah. Like, 
That's crazy. That's wild. But I love that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, bring it, bring it, bring it. I think one of the things that's so great about his character being on The Resident is that he's giving permission to be triple board certified. (laughs) But not even just that. He's giving permission to be how do I say this? He's giving permission to be this kind of black excellence. We don't have, we're, it's, we're very underrepresented in the medical field, unless you look at it in terms of like, there's a lot of like lower wage positions that are held by black women, you know, home health nurses and such, and they do amazing work and we couldn't function in that system without them. Right. However, Dr. AJ Austin, Dr. O are giving us permission to be seen and presented as the best in our field in the in their field yes yeah so now little kids everywhere uh, I, I don't know if I want little children watching this show but like <laughs> high school but, kids everywhere could be like yeah. I want to be like Dr. AJ like he yeah. just did this badass operation and that's yeah. awesome. like he's saving lives he's mm-hmm. doing all these things so one of the things that made me really happy about the resident talk about it talk about it talk about it talk about it Morris Chestnut. Girl, you talk about, okay, let me, okay. There's I've <laughs> a lot of phases of men that I've liked over the years. And I've realized looking back at my trajectory, mm-hmm. um, the men that I've been attracted to hasn't always been the men that I've dated, which is a different story for another time. Um, yeah, I have, I feel like I have a similar situation. Right, yeah. But the men that I've been attracted to, there's, there's a few different kinds and one of them is um dark chocolate men with bald heads mm, Morris I, Chestnut. Ju- there's just another level of of extra goodness of sex appeal that comes from that that I don't understand and when Morris Ch- I said oh they just trying to kill me I said oh, okay that's what it is clearly they're trying to kill me with the show um because it's working and First of all, he's playing such a terrible dude. There should be a rule about having this many hot men on a show. Thank you. Thank you. How, how are you allowing this? But kudos to them because all of the women are real women. Yes. And all of the men are just a little extra sexy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I I like this, this, I like this balance. Thank you. you Because I, we grew up having to watch like the unattainable beauty of women on TV our entire lives and then mm-hmm. like dopey looking ass men yeah <laughs> being yeah. their love interests yeah and you're just like how does this get to the no no yeah it like no yeah. this isn't okay and so now this show is like here's these fine ass men fine. and then here's women who look normal and are beautiful they're beautiful yeah. but they are not an unattainable type of beauty yes yes all of that and I appreciate it and to be honest um it wasn't until like this real conversation between us right now did I realize all of the different reasons why I love the resident Mm. because um I just watch it and I watch it for the storylines just like everybody else Mm -hmm. but there is so much that they are trying to do and achieving in this show that I will be appreciative that I'm appreciative for uh, and one of them is Morris Chestnut. Yeah. So like when they brought him on and he was just sort of this like, you know, badass surgeon. Dishy badass. Yeah. He's got, you know, a private showing at an, at an art gallery. 
no big deal he's a little problematic because he's definitely like though in the first couple episodes the way he sort of talks about women not okay Mm -hmm. Um, but he to me I'm like AJ's gonna have a run for his money because this guy is even more confident even more arrogant and has higher billable has a a bigger billable hours like that's attractive in a business sense right like why did she say something like 80 million dollars in billables or something like that and I was like the fuck are you doing that you can bill 80 million dollars okay now remember that question remember that question as you continue to watch the show okay because that's a very valid question how the fuck are you billing that much all the time every day for it to accumulate to that kind of a dollar amount yeah just keep because you're gonna see and you'll see that it is slightly problematic itself. Oh man. Well, and Jane, what's her face? Who was um, Daphne on Frasier? Oh yeah, yeah. She even when and when she first finds out about him, she even calls it out. Like he has how much? Like you know that's dirty money. And she yeah. like calls out the CEO and blah blah. And she's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be on this. I don't no. condone this. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated her for that um, because she More was just ethical standards. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. First of all, now I'm like, I need to date a doctor because I need, I have questions. (laughs) (laughs) I have questions about some of these procedures. I have questions about some of these diseases. I have questions Mm -hmm. about so many things. Like there's one episode where they're like, we're going to do, what did they call it? You know, when you, oh, chemo, we're going to give it a chemo bath. We're going to give the organs a chemo bath and then put them back in. And I'm like, what? That can't, that, that can't really be a thing right? is that like, really a thing yeah like, no that, that that can't be right it'll be fine it, we're just gonna give them a chemo bath yeah, no problem if that's a thing why aren't we actually like doing I don't know whatever yeah yeah yeah. and so like this idea gets floated that her contract won't get renewed because she only bills two million dollars and I'm thinking she literally like saves lives every time somebody comes into her operating room and yeah. and that's not valuable like that's not valuable talk about playing god yeah well you see how they're they're showing the business side of that right mm-hmm. where the importance because it's a business is the bottom fucking line yeah and it's not about helping people or right. you know they're uh, what do you call it the medical oath or whatever the yeah. oath they take clearly oh the hippocratic did. oath is that what it's yeah. called good for you where to pull that out of nowhere Yes, 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 yes. They're they're focused. Watch, someone's gonna type in and be like, "You're wrong. It's this." (laughs) I'm like, both of you clearly don't know what you're talking about. No, we don't, and we don't. We're just here to appreciate Malcolm Jamal Warner, okay? Yeah, and all of his glory and his swagalicious. And that time when I saw him in a like deep eggplant purple suit from head to toe, and I was just like be still my heart um my mouth fell to the floor am I a grown woman yes did my mouth fall to the floor over a man also yes also yes and uh am I proud of it yeah because it was worth it yeah I just feel like the older we get the more comfortable I am because you know I used to objectify men all the time when I was younger because I was getting objectified all the time so it's like (laughs) you're gonna objectify me I'm gonna objectify you but there wasn't any weight in it because I didn't have an appreciation for what I was objectifying, right? Oh, mm-hmm. which I feel like maybe that's what objectifying is. You don't really have an appreciation in it. But now, <laughs> as this like 
grown ass woman, I like, I'm like, oh shit. I think I might have the potential to be a dirty ass old lady because oh, yeah. I'm over here. Like, look at this fine ass dude. Like oh, yeah. I'm having to make sure when I, like, when I see people on TV, like, bo- like men on TV who are attractive, I'm like, let's Google their age to make sure that this isn't inappropriate, that I think that they're attractive. <laughs> I feel like I've said this on the show before. Oh, um, but like the older I'm getting, the more comfortable I am in appreciating the human form and, you know, sorry, mom, I know you're listening, Um, but not just men, but women too. And for, you know, in the, with, but with the, cause I'm a hetero with the male side, there is a little bit of, again, sorry, mom, you know, there is a little bit of a, like a a sexual appreciation, but for women, it's more like a, like, this is a beautiful human. Right unless they're a shitty person, then I can't really see their external beauty. So I think we've landed on that. We'll basically fight to the death on who wins Malcolm Jamal Warner if we're ever in that position. Our friendship will be tested. Yeah, it'll be great. (laughs) But I like, I have to say, Nikki, like this has been a lot of fun. I love talking to you and I am so grateful to you for letting me put it on camera and record it (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine listen this this was great and I didn't realize how much I needed this conversation today talking to you we always have great conversations anyway yeah and today was just another one of them to the point where we're like oh we probably have other things we should be doing I guess we should go back to adulting today is Sunday, you know, that kind of a thing. So absolutely. This was great. Well, I hope that you um, will come back soon because um, I think you have a lot of value add. I think that your perspective is so valuable and I'm not just saying that because we're friends. Like I really do feel that there was a lot of valuable nuggets that you brought today. And I think that's really important and really special. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. That's our show for you folks. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.